Party time, Mom. As always, as always, it is my pleasure to bring you another episode of the Chad Prather Show featuring Highballs with Heaton. Hello. My very good friend, at Mighty Heaton, on Instagram and Twitter. You Instagram, aren't you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. Yeah, you do. I There's see a lot of pictures of me with waistcoats. I see you Sometimes on Sometimes me drinking whiskey in interesting locations. You do go to interesting locations, I like do. the ostrich races yeah. and, and the and the. You went to one of those color run things where you had the oh, color yeah, the, powder the, the, all yeah, over yeah. you. Yeah, like it's like I think it's Denali or something. There's like an Indian festival where you throw powder at yeah, each other. That's it's it. really fun. I recommend that. That's not a, a fun not time. A, not a color run. Not a fun run. And then and you'll be doing it. And then all of a sudden, everybody get really excited. And you're like, I think we're doing Indian YMCA, but I'm the only person that doesn't know this particular song. <laughs> But I love your willingness to learn. Oh yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. You, like you are a teachable soul. Like like you you're willing to go out and try new experiences and new things. Like when I go to something like that, I try to look like I'm an expert. Like I like oh yeah, this I've been here before. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> like I hate admitting when I this don't. This is my Indian know. festival cowboy hat. Yeah, like I don't know something. Like oh yeah, sure. I've it's like yeah, of course I've been here before. Absolutely. That, that always, you know, I like the, but then you look like a fool when you do that. Well, I, th- I think that's, the, okay, I, I think comedians have this thing, though. Like, I, I don't know what your experience has been. My experience is I'm perfectly fine with people laughing at me if I get, contr- uh, if I get to control how you they're laughing control at how me. If I'm in control yeah. of it and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm being a gesture now, you may laugh at me. I'm fine with it. But yeah. if I'm actually trying, yeah. like, like if I'm drawing, going in because I know something and then people are laughing at me, I don't like that at all. Do you know people in your life who, who just laugh at the misfortune of others? Not like you slipped on ice and you fell down because I'm going to laugh at that, too. But I'm talking about when you're sitting there trying to like fix a light fixture or something, and the wire keeps coming off, and you're you're struggling to get this thing fixed or whatever. And the person sitting over there across from the room, and they're going, <laughs> "I want to kill them. I want to execute them right there on the spot." Like, what are you laughing at? I'm struggling here. You can help. You know people like that. I, I think most of my friends are pretty good. <laughs> I can't I can't think of anybody. My off wife top of my does head. that. Like she laughs. I mean, you know, you're, I'm trying to have sex here. <laughs> <laughs> did you it's ever, harder than it looks. Did you ever try and fix Christmas decorations before they worked out the lights? Like, you know how like, it used to be that if one light was gone, that like all, all, the, of, the them. Whole of, all of them were gone? Like that, yeah. was like that was a test of patience. It really is. That's why I hire uh, people to do that. Yeah. I, I don't put up my own And I became anymore. Jewish because I just, I'm not dealing with that. I would rather convert. Dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. Just light a few candles. Yeah. Party foul Steve in the house hey. sitting over there next to Jennings. Jennings has become a new, f- listen, man, I don't, I don't know what it is. I just, I, I have the ability to create celebrities. I, I just, I'm like Jay-Z. I, I'm yeah. going to go ahead and thank like you. Diddy. Thank you for that way, way, way in advance. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like P. Diddy, man. I just, I'm Puffy Combs. Uh, I, I just create celebrities. Party Foul Steve became a celebrity. Um, Jennings is now a celebrity. I get messages every day from people saying I want an autographed picture of Jennings, and uh, I would like for Jennings to come tuck me in at night. And they said hey. you should have Jennings on the show more. What are you doing over there? I, I like all those options. Is it is it Jennings or is it Glenn Beck's cowboy hat that you've been wearing? You know, the cowboy uh, hat has an appeal. The cowboy hat has an appeal. I think the cowboy hat in, it infuses me with a lot of confidence that otherwise might not yeah. be there. This is everyone's favorite show that we do, Heaton. Do you realize that? I get messages every day. People I get messages love, about that, too. People love the highballs with Heaton. Yeah. They it's a good mix because, like, we've got different viewpoints and orientations, but we like each other. and We can yeah. joke around, too. So it's not like it's not like pleasant hardball. Yeah. It's highballs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. I, you, you sit around and you're thinking, and you're like, you know, you, it's fun to just, just to, first of all, have a drink, but then just talk about whatever you want to talk about and listen to differing views. And sometimes we find out that we, we agree on more than, yeah, you know, maybe I don't. I might be. Wrong. I don't remember any of these episodes. You <laughs> say. I don't remember any episodes. <laughs> well, yeah, I, we, apparently we talked about bluegrass one time. That's all I remember. We did. I, according to someone on Twitter, we we had a kind of a spirited conversation about bluegrass. Party time, mom. We might well talk about it again. We probably actually, Chad. Here's a, we probably had the exact same conversation six times now, so and we just you don't and remember. I, you and I are the masters of retelling stories. Like like we we've told it so many times we forget who we've told it to, mm-hmm. and so then we find ourselves like uh, you know. <clears throat> we're. I've noticed we've done that a couple of times on these episodes uh-huh. where we're talking like, oh, we've talked about this before. I didn't remember it, but now that we're doing it, I remember that we've done it. Well, so this is like a great preview of you and me in like 50 years where <laughs> we just like put on a podcast and they give us the same prompt every day and we get really good at it. Listen, kids, if you're picking out nursing homes, I hope that my insurance is good enough that I don't have to share a room. But if I do, I do not want to share it with Heaton, okay? I, <laughs> and if you're listening to me, I want matching race car bunk beds <laughs> and matching pajamas for me and Chad. That sounds like Here's a fun time. Here's the problem with trying to – it's the odd couple, uh, geriatric odd couple, right? If you and I were in the nursing home together – you would be the guy who gets up every day. You'd have on your smoking jacket uh-huh. and your and your ascot. Yep. And you know everything would just be perfect. You'd be like finely quaffed. Mm-hmm. You know, not a single gray hair out of place. You'd be oiling your beard and, and all of these things. And I'd be over there like just scratching my balls in a <laughs> you're, rotten you're, recliner. You're, you're, you're eating pickles out of a jar with a screwdriver. That's <laughs> <laughs> you. In his yeah. underwear. <laughs> Just as underwear. Yeah, just underwear. You know, all <laughs> yeah, stretched you're right. out. You're right. I, I think I, I am. I am the uh, the the who's it? Lemon. I can't remember the characters. I'm not Walter Mathau. You're that, not that Mathau. Equation. You're Mathau. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so like you you're wearing under. I'd be wearing the fruit of the loom tidy whities <laughs> that they're circa '96. They aren't tidy anymore. You, you, they're not whitey you, you've anymore. You've got a t-shirt that you've made into a diaper and stapled. So you don't <laughs> yeah. have to do anything. You got holes down the crack. Dr- drinking like... cereal out of a vase. So you don't have to do any any uh, <laughs> any, any dishes. Once a week, man. Grabbing the nurses on the rear end, that kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, you you know, it's cracks and dots up the crack of your butt, you know, in the underwear. You know your underwear is old if your ass is screaming SOS through Morse code. Like, yeah. Da, 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 da. yeah. What, what's, what does Seinfeld say that, like, women buy new underwear and men, men view underwear like, like dandelions? So we just kind of like, <laughs> blow it, it, it dissipates out of exactly. the wind. We just, like, just it has to really fall apart before we ever get rid of them. <laughs> My wife's always like, you were three feet from the hamper. Why didn't it just get in the hamper? And I'm like, just leave it there. It'll disintegrate. You, you know what's weird? It's like I, will, like I will give agonizing thought to, like, it, I'll be in a city and it'll be I'll be there for three months, four months, and it's winter and it's harsh and brutal. And I'm like, $25 for gloves. Am I that? And then like, but then I'll go out with friends and I'm like, drinks for everyone. Yeah. Exactly. Tater tots. Yeah. And I'll spend like 50 bucks <laughs> for nothing. Yes. We want queso. Yeah. Loaded chips. For okay. This is on me, kids. I know. Jalapeno cheesecake. Bring it on. You know what that is? You and I are alike in that regard because I'm like, okay, uh, eventually this underwear is going to disintegrate faster than Thanos snapping his fingers. But. I know that my experience will live with me forever. Now, I won't remember most of it tomorrow, <laughs> but this $500 barbell is worth it so I can hang out with Jennings and Heaton and Party Foul Steve.
And you, then you go check your phone and you look at the pictures. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I remember falling out of that chair. I got married? Yeah. <laughs> Good job, That's me. That's what happened to my All tooth. Right. Yeah. Oh, well. You know, hold on. Uh, re- the, the hangover reference, I think you're saying that, right? Or like the, the, the tooth missing, the getting married. <laughs> yeah, hangover. yeah, yeah. I, I was an extra in that. I, uh, for six months, I lived in a tool shed behind my best friend's house in L.A. when I was 24. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was on, I was on, you can't, I'm a blur. You can't tell who I am. I'm not, the only shows that you could ever see me in, I, yeah. I, I would never watch anyway. But uh, but, I, but I did that for a while. And I would, I'd try and make a sport like I was on a show called uh, Brothers and Sisters, which ironically had very few black people. And I, I was on there, and <laughs> Sally Fields was a main character, and they, the guy comes up, and he's like, it's a party scene. And so all you're doing is you're, there's a woman next to you, and you're just on the internet, and she's just interested. And I was like, got it. Thank you. Pornography. <laughs> <laughs> just immediately did that. And then they had, like, some elevator. They wanted me to exit an elevator. And I was – I'm friends with a young lady, but I was exiting an elevator with a young woman. And, and the, the scene would begin. It was panning over, and it would – the elevator's opening. We're entering the party. and just keeps going. And, like, we're, I'm introducing myself. And after a minute, I was like, when they open the elevator, I'm going to be zipping up my pants. <laughs> Just address, adjust your skirt a little bit. Let's just, like, give a little bit of a narrative to what was going on in the elevator. And they cut it. So uh, you're welcome. Wow. Yeah. That's hilarious. I didn't actually have sex with this woman. I just pretended that our characters were having sex because we're actors. Yeah. I used to work at Fox Business. My boss was Kennedy. Great person. Wonderful Love person. Kennedy, yeah. Kennedy's great. Yeah. And when I left, I left on good terms, and Kennedy brought a Lincoln impersonator to my going away party because she knew I'd get a kick out of it. And we were hanging out, and the guy was like, hey, uh. You know, uh, hey, on the down low, me and some of the other Lincoln you know. impersonators do a pub crawl in Peekskill, New York. If you're interested, like a Steve and I was Carell like, what? Movie. And he's like, yeah, if you want to, uh, if you want to come, you can. And I was like, hell yeah, I'll go to Peekskill, New York for a Lincoln. It's called Link Lincoln, and it's a Lincoln pub crawl. <laughs> and uh, you get to you get to Peekskill, and like, their Peekskill has this weird like they. Um, uh, they've they've got a, a, a designated town Lincoln impersonator. Yeah, they've got a. Uh, uh, they've they've got the Lincoln Museum and everything, and I was like, "What? Like he's from Illinois, isn't he? Like what?" And they're like, "Oh, but yeah, but but in eighteen in eighteen fifty three, he stopped by here to talk about combs or something, and like basically he like he like he used the bathroom in Peekskill and like you know got off the train and they made like this whole museum, and it was great because I showed up in costume with there were all these other Lincoln impersonators, and we did this pub crawl. It was like the uh, the 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 Pied Piper because we're walking around in the town that everybody's real nice, and people are like, "What are you doing?" We're like, "We're doing a pub crawl. Come on!" And we just give we pass out top hats. And uh, it was great. I really enjoyed it. And every Friday night, they get together and play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I would, if that were the, I would have hey. moved there. If that were the case, I would have been like, "This is enough for me." Settle down. Pick, pick a good Lincoln. I there. found my people. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're going to the theater later. <laughs> they can't get all of us. <laughs> John, you can't go. <laughs> That's messed up. Oh, well, too soon. <laughs> 1865, too soon. Good Lord have mercy. What are we going to do when we're dead? Sounds restful. <laughs> Lord have mercy. What are we talking about? Little people. I don't know. Let's pull something out of the head. Okay. And let's get to this uh, this topic at hand. I could, I could sit here. Somebody said the greatest compliment on this thing yesterday. She said, she said, sitting around with you guys, it's like it's like hanging out at happy hour. And I'm like, that's what we're going for. Yeah. That's what we're going for. Party time, Mom. Are, are these color coordinated? Mm-mm. Okay, so I can just grab one at random? All right. Why's it got to be about color? Yeah. All right, the card says, 
Will we lead to our own demise? Wow. Flip it over. How will the world end? Okay, well, let's let's talk about both of those. Okay. All right. How will the world end? So, okay. We go through doomsday scenarios. That's I do like doomsday scenarios. Well, where's Glenn Beck when you need him? Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> living, yeah. living the dream in his shelter. He's in the shelter right now. <laughs> He's in Idaho, isn't he? I, I shouldn't say. Oh, shit. Colorado? <laughs> Sorry, Glenn. <laughs> Sorry, Glenn. I feel like the 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 Beck Gestapo is going to come here. Longitude thirty. Yeah, he's in Idaho, but the long arm of the law is coming, buddy. It's going to be like an axe to the back of the head and Trotsky style. <laughs> Chad, have you heard of a fellow named Stanislav Petrov? <laughs> yes. That is uh that is my attempt to immediately derail everything yeah, else. Exactly. Yeah, that good guy. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um. How will the world end? So let's let's talk about that. So so you're 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 pretty much a you consider yourself a pessimist or an optimist? I'm an optimist. Yeah, yeah. I I so a lot of times people throw in another thing like say, well, no, I'm a realist. Yeah, that's I, no. I think that's a, that's just like saying I'm smart. Well, that's like I'm yeah. really smart. That's what I am. I'm smart. Good job. Everybody looks <laughs> smart. That's like so, saying the lights are on. Well, know? that's okay. So uh, uh, pessimist glasses half empty, optimist glasses half full, and then you step in and say, "I believe there's water in the glass." Yeah, I'm an optometrist. Glasses <laughs> half off. <laughs> <laughs> that's why Jennings has fans right there. Go sign something. <laughs> no, I, no I'm, I'm an optimist because I, I generally will try and take the favorable view of a situation. I'll, I'll say I, I try and take the favorable favorable view of people, yeah. right? Um, and and I, do, I, I do think that you have to work at it because if you don't, I think that as you get older, you just kind of build up scar tissue. Enough bad stuff happens that unless you're, you're actively trying to do it, you start seeing negative things uh, based on prior experiences. And it can eventually kind of build up like cobwebs. And I don't want to do that. I, I, don't, I don't think that's I, safe. I'm with you on that. And I follow that logic too. Hey, where's my little uh, clip thing on the thing, Candace? You have, if we bring it to place, Candice, queen of the Ethiopians. Thank you. Isn't this handy? Look at this. Wow. I know. Is that a stapler? What am I looking at? You want one? Oh, wow. is it? Like it's okay. So this, yeah. this is a, a cup holder? Yeah, look at that. That does not look like it will. I didn't know. Like, I had no idea that anything like that existed. Just, oh, a just make that's, sure that's your cup is empty right before like you put it in there in case lottery, it falls off. It has a place for Ooh, the bullet. Living my best life. All right. I'm impressed. Somebody's making bank. Yeah. So now here's my Good job, thing. science. <laughs> so. <laughs> right. So here's my thing. So so my follow-up question to that is... Oh, wait. Hold on a minute. I just occurred to me, will it lead to our own demise? That might be humanity. I assumed it was me and you specifically. <laughs> like, oh, like we would I be dead how, by I our know own how hand. I'm going out. I was out. like, I mean, we'll probably die in a murder-suicide. <laughs> I know how I'm going out. <laughs> uh, my dear friend, uh, my dear friend, who I've, I've been fortunate to know over the last several years, um, came on Facebook on social media, and he posted yesterday, that uh, 67 years old, and he said that he uh, went in for some tests, and they found that he had stage four uh, pancreatic and liver cancer, and his doctor gave him uh, about two months to live. Yeah, and he's not going to do any treatment. They yeah. just said, say what needs saying, do what needs doing, and you know. And, and he said, look, I've lived a great life, full life, happy life, successful life, all these things. And and he says, so you look at that, and you're like, that is a raw look at humanity. Um, our other dear friend um, had to post on social media. He's very well known in the world of music. His three-year-old son died in a tragic accident uh, last week. And you look at that and you're like, 
I think that everybody wants to be a good person. I think they want to live their best life. They want to be altruistic. They want to be humanitarians. <clears throat> but I don't think, by and large, people are good. I, th hmm. I don't think people – I think that I, – like I, I tend to buy into the total depravity, and I do that on the basis of history and things like that. So while I see myself as optimistic, I, I also go to the second law of thermodynamics, which is the law of entropy, which is when things are in motion, eventually they'll fall apart. And I think that that happens in life. I think it happens in the world. I think it happens in existence. And I just don't think that people have been good to each other over history. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So so a little bit, because I want to believe what you just said about that. And <clears throat> while tragedies happen to people, unfortunately, we're living in a world like Pappy, Pappy Ortiz. You know, Big Pappy got shot. You know, Big Pappy is. No. Okay, so he played first base for the Boston Red Sox. He's a Hall of Famer, will be a Hall of Famer. And uh, <clears throat> he was down in the Dominican Republic, which is his home. And somebody walked up behind him and shot him. He's alive. They stabilized him. Did a lot of damage. He did a lot for the city of Boston when he played for the Red Sox. Still does. Uh, great guy. Somebody just walks up and shot him in the back. And uh, uh, thank God he's alive. They, they were able to stabilize him. Yeah, they're taking him to Boston. I mean, he, 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 anyway, prayers for Pappy. But anyway, uh, Eli, like, why? Why? Do we live in a world where those kind of things are happening? So, and I'm leading to, to something because I want to believe like what you said, because because I'm thinking you think people are inherently good. Yeah, well, I mean, like I like we've we've talked about Dunbar's number before. I think. Yeah, we have. Uh, all right, good. So, like, I I think it's more like I think that people have a cooperative and an altruistic element, but we have a <clears throat> wiring that makes us only apply that to a set small group of people, and then when you get beyond that, it gets fuzzy. Mm -hmm. And it gets weird. Like there, there were um, – I don't remember what the context was, but when, when I was in college, one of my professors was describing an interaction between this, – this is like back in the 40s, uh, so, somewhere in the south. There, there was a guy that had a, a mixed racial marriage and the, his town did not have it. <laughs> and they would, they would, you know, they'd, they'd come by and, you know, like, like throw stuff yeah. and like, and he finally, he called one of the guys, like one of the ringleaders and he was like, hi, like, and he was nice. And he's like, hi, this is Bert, whatever his name was. And he went, listen, do you have kids? Yeah. You know, like when, when they wake up and you just can't get them back to sleep. Yeah. When you guys come honk at my house at three o'clock in the morning, I can't get the kids back to sleep and I would just really appreciate it. And then they quit doing it. And like, and it was a weird thing where like, the, even amongst that bigotry, there was that human impulse. And and I, I suspect that like, weirdly, I think most people would actually like each other if they met each other, like, which is a weird thing to say. But like, I think most people actually, if you sat them down with whoever their, their enemy is, they'd, they could figure out a way to like each other if they didn't immediately kill each other with rakes. Yeah. So I, I, I think that there is this, there is, there's a, like, I don't know. I, I think we've got both impulses, right? We've got the cooperative impulse. Yeah. We, we've got the impulse to help each other. We've got this, this latent tribalism that wants, that requires an external enemy to hate. And I think that becomes really problematic. But, that is but overall, weird, isn't overall, it? Overall, though, I think it's pretty good. I got like, I, like if aliens <clears throat> came down, like, I'd be like, hey, good job us. We're basically monkeys with wristwatches. We're doing a great job. Have you seen David Slowly, slowly takes should... off his watch. <laughs> check out, no, check out Planet Earth. Like, we've got all sorts of cool stuff. And like, we like, 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 yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm quite proud of our species. I think, like, I think, uh, I think humanity's underrated. I think we're doing a great job. Like, because, like, like, to get into, like, evolution and all that kind of stuff, I, like, if, if we are, I, I think there's kind of two different ways of looking at it, right? We're either, we're either fallen angels or we're risen apes. 
And if, if I'm in the Risen 8 camp, so I'm like, good job. We're beating the hell out of those chimps. We're doing a great job. The chips like eat babies and like kill each other and go on huntings to kill Smell their buttholes. Yeah. And like, meanwhile, like, you know, like Jennings sings There's opera. There's still some people who do that. Too. I was going to say, yeah. have you been to Walmart exactly. lately? No. <laughs> okay. So to your point, and, and, and I like that. I, I, I hear what you're saying. And, and I think that's where people want to live. Because I, I think that most people see themselves as a good person. Every now and then you run across some idiot out there who's like, I hate my life. Well, that's – you're just well, – your wiring is messed up. Uh, everybody wants to live the best life they can live. You know, we, we just got back from Ireland, which I love. I love Ireland. I love the people of Ireland. Yeah, they're nice. It, they're very it, friendly. They are. And so – but they're not like southern hospitable. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, see, like, Southern hospitality is phony. It's fake. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, they don't, don't mean that. Don't ruin that for me, guys. I've always liked we that. We do it because we've been taught that it's the right thing to do. But by and large, it's fake. We're That's why I love our teeth while we do it. Like, like in the Midwest, I'm not saying we have animosity towards each other, but it's just like, you know, that, oh, how are you doing? They don't care how you're doing. They don't care. I love going to the Midwest. I love going to Indiana. I you're love going to Missouri. You're popping for me. This yeah. is terrible. I'm, well, you're welcome because people are evil. This total depravity. And so, so uh, they don't mean bless your heart. They mean go f yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I when, when I when I was in New York before I left, so I, I lived in Astoria for a while. And my two roommates, I went down. I was visiting a friend in Nashville, and uh, my friends had uh, one had just been in Nashville working there for a month. The other one had been out to L.A. And we're, again, we're living in New York City, and we came back. We're all comparing notes, and the one that went to Nashville went. You know, people in the South. They seem friendly, but they don't mean it. And the one that went to L.A. went, and people in California, they seem happy, but they're all depressed. They're and all I, depressed. I went, have you thought maybe you're just miserable people? <laughs> like maybe you're just miserable? Because like yeah. I got to say, like growing up in Oklahoma, there were a ton of people that I met that like, you know, like you, you go to the local gas station and, and, and you know, you're, you're – how's your day going? Great. You know, like my – I just – apparently like I'm going to be an uncle and like I'm going to – and yeah. they're like, wow. Like, that's fantastic. Do you want some beef jerky? And, like, they're, yeah. like, they're genuinely yeah. happy for you. And I think in that element, you're right. I think I think people, by and large, have good goodwill and good feelings towards each other. But so for me, back to, you know, it, I love going to the Midwest. as a point I was going to make. I love going to the, like, because they're just honest. Like, they don't deal in sarcasm and yeah. things like that, which is hard to ever do comedy in the Midwest. You go to Indiana and they're like, is he being serious right now? No, stupid. <laughs> have, you, have you done comedy in Germany? Because they they, 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 they they don't do that at all. They, they, like like Germans are so. I think like Germans are weird because when when you get a population of like uh, across the board hot blonde people, like yeah. they don't have a sense of snark because no. what would they get mad about? They're yeah. all just like like Aryans. pretty and having sex with each other. <laughs> and so like you you hang out with them and uh, they're like like and you'll, I mean, you'll what's there to be snarky about? You'll, you'll, no, they're like they're, they're like they're, uh, they're tra- everything everything works really well. But you'll hang out with them and uh, like you'll like if you're living in England where I used to live or you're living in Scotland, like you make fun of each other, right? Mm-hmm. So like a guy walks into the pub and you're like ah Bert, like I guess the you know the wife lets you out tonight, and like ah ha ha, right? But you do that in Germany and they're like why why are you making fun of me? I thought yeah. we were friends. Like they don't, we were they don't friends. get that. Like they don't have that. Like the 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 the, the, the um. The, the sort of aggressive humor is absent, yeah. at least when I've been there. I mean, there have been aggressive periods. But <laughs> if, so we get, we if get, Chad didn't make fun of me, I, I would think he was mad at me. Right. Yeah, yeah. I would be, so, be but, but I'm going to give him credit now, Steve, because this morning he's, we were all in the car together. I had to drop Jade off because her car has been in the shop, so I had to drop her off to pick it up. And so <clears throat> she says, well, the people just aren't hospitable. 
in Ireland. Well, I think exactly the opposite. I think they're as friendly as can be. I, I you know, but I'm a people person. I'm very extroverted. She's mm-hmm. not so much. I go in, strike up a conversation, never meet a stranger and have a good time, right? Uh, she's used to the Southern hospitality. So when she travels out of the country, every time we come home from Europe, no matter what country we've been in, she's always like, they just kind of like bump right into you and don't say excuse me. I'm like, because mm-hmm. they don't care. <laughs> they, they're just being honest. They don't care. Yeah. Steve says, and he's a, he's, he's a bright man. He's a bright man. Steve <laughs> says, imagine if you go to your local bar and every night a whole big group of foreigners that yeah. you don't know come piling in there with their accent and their way of doing things. I mean, eventually you're going to be like. The first time is cool, but the yeah. 150th time this month. Yeah, I, and, I, and, and that's what Americans do when they go to Ireland. That's a good point. I, I, when I lived in New York, I would go. My, my favorite bar in New York is called Marie's Crisis, and it's a it's a, a show tunes bar. Everybody mm-hmm. sings Broadway musicals, and I like Broadway musicals, so I go there to sing Broadway musicals, and all these damn tourists show up. And they're and they're laughing and they're drunk and they're like ha 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 and I'm like shut up I've yeah. been waiting all week to sing Broadway musicals get the <laughs> f- out <laughs> and uh, yeah like I like I get yeah like yeah I think that's exactly the same as the Ireland experience <laughs> I swear to God dude I mean, why aren't we talking to millions of people right now This is the best show out there I promise you. Oh my God! I'll, I'll say there, there is there is a weird because the Scots and the the Irish have a lot in common, but they're they're different when you when you swing sure. through the country because the the Irish are like very upfront, gregarious, and smiley. Yeah. And so like like we were talking off camera, but like the first time I went to Ireland, I went to Sligo, which is out on the west coast. And my buddy and I went into a pub, and and they and they could not have been nice. I mean, they could not have been nicer. They um, the, the all of the Irish were just you know, how do you do you have Irish descent? And we're like, well, yeah. I'm you know, I'm I'm like a. I don't know, no Grady or whatever it was. And they're like, oh, well, we should call the mayor and have the mayor come out and reach your home. And, uh, and and meanwhile, by the way, when you go to England and you do that, you're like, hey, uh, like my family's from here. They're like, well, you probably left because of debt. The English could not care less. <laughs> you were the no. English could not care less. But the Irish, they were really nice. I went to this pub and we uh, they, they went, oh, where are you from? Oklahoma. Would you sing us a ditty? And we went, oh, we'll sing, we'll sing Oklahoma. And they and they literally, like, I'm not mean this up, they, a guy brought out a penny whistle and saw, uh, 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 played a... Um, uh, oh, what a beautiful morning, which is great because I love show tunes. So it was good. And then, But conversely, if you go to Scotland, though, they're really nice, but they seem like they're homicidal. So yeah. you'll, you'll walk down to Edinburgh or through Edinburgh and you'll meet someone and go, hi, hello, how are you? I'm great. How are you? And you're like, uh, good, good. I like the cut of your jib. You should meet some of my mates. Walk with me. I'll introduce you to some fine people. And you're like, this is where I die. Clearly, yeah, this is where we go down. Then you go yeah. in and they're like, next oh, stop, America, buy, buy them pints. And, like, and you got a friend for life. <laughs> yeah. And you went with them. Yeah. And that, that's yeah, what's yeah, funny. Yeah. So, so I, like, I, stole, I stole a line from your playbook of, of, your, of your time living in Scotland. I was in the pub the other day in Dingle, and I said, I'm going out in the alley to nip a fag. <laughs> they were like, you're going to do what, mate? <laughs> so it didn't translate there? <laughs> uh, I'm going to nip a fag in the alley. <laughs> hey, what is this, mate? You're going to do what now? Were you, you, well, hold on. Were you using like a quarter Irish accent? That might... yeah, I know. I know. Well, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know what they do? And I don't smoke. I'll smoke a cigar every now and then, right? Yeah. We'll get back to the demise. Yeah, 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 we will. We will actually. We will. We're going somewhere with this. We're taking you on a journey. I don't smoke, but I'll tell you what. I uh, in my first night in Dublin, so we're we're sitting in we're sitting there in the hotel bar, and uh, strike up a conversation with this guy sitting there at the bar, and then another guy comes in, an older gentleman, a little eccentric, and uh, you can tell here's a successful guy. I have no idea what he does, but what he's like. 
come outside, sit with us. And so we go out to the patio and uh, we're hanging out with all these. And apparently we just joined like this multimillionaires club, right? Because you can tell you pretty, you don't have to talk to people like that for very long. And you figure out these people are into some big stuff. Mm. And uh, we were just having a blast. Well, one of the guys, he's keeps in over there. You don't go to a cigarette machine and get a pack of cigarettes. They give you like a bag that was like a tobacco bag. And it's got a little filter in there, a little small filter. You put that, you hold it in your mouth, and then you take out the papers, and you put your tobacco in there, and then you roll it around the filter like that, and you smoke it. I smoked like six of them, Sean. I ain't going to lie to you, dude. Sitting right there hanging out with them. Because it was like fresh tobacco. You were assimilating to... Did you say assimilating? Assimilating? How do you say that? Assimilating. 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 I just put a... You know what I said earlier about Steve being wise? (laughs) Never mind. Anyway. I had a blast over there. I had a fun time. But back to the point, like the Irish are a perfect example. Some of the most mistreated people on the planet, historically speaking, um, they take away things like the starvation and the black plague, you know, the starvation from the potato blight and the black plague mm-hmm. and things like that, but the enslavement and things like that. So when I look at I, – I, I'm traveling around. I'm looking at this culture. I'm, go, I'm visiting these castles. I visit these ruins. I always try to find new places to visit and le- read up the history. And it's like what you see is man's inhumanity to man. Mm. You see, you know, you know where the term undermining came from? You know where the term undermining, anybody in the studio? Okay, so if you had a castle, so we visited King John's Castle in uh, Limerick. King John's Castle, so in order, they couldn't breach the walls, they couldn't go over the walls. So what they did was they started tunneling under the castle. Now what that does is it undermines the foundation. And so when you cut that foundation out, the castle's going to fall. So the wall will fall. So that's what they would do is they would tunnel underneath the castle in order to weaken it, and it would make the wall fall down. They can't go over it, can't go through it, so they just make it fall down. Mm-hmm. That's where the term, when you undermine something, it means you're coming underneath and you're, and you're they would mine underneath the castles. Mm-hmm. And, they, and then you just come out, and I'm like, I I'm, I'm go through this tour, and I'm like, why? Why were they having this fight? It's like, well, because there was this thing here with walls, and somebody came along and was like, I don't like the people that are in those walls. Do you know the people in the walls? No, but they're in the walls. Yep. And by God, I want what's in that walls. Now, I walked around inside those castles, and there ain't in those walls that I want. <laughs> like, like the pigs inside there don't taste any different than the pigs outside there, right? The, the beef is the same in both places. But because they had the castle... By God, we're going to undermine this castle, and we're going to get in there, yeah. and we're going to get what they got. See, and I, I, I think that's tribalism at root. Cause you, it is. You, you look at like, like now. Look at England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. Like, I don't know, kind of like from my vantage point, have a lot of similarities between them, right? But like, like we've like, like oh, it's, very different. Yeah. Well, uh, but, but like, like the second, or uh, how about let's just look at Scotland, right? So like when when I first moved to Scotland, um, I, I was I was hanging out. In Edinburgh, and there was an orange parade, so a Protestant parade. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, everyone I've talked to at Edinburgh is an atheist. Why mm-hmm. is anybody even – and I grabbed a guy, and I was like, excuse me, I'm sorry to bother you. Like, why do you? Why are you having a, an orange parade for all the – like, because you're all atheists here. Right. And like, I well, you see, the, they don't believe in the Catholic God. We don't believe in the Protestant God. And, like, that was like, what? So, like, they're, they're about to fight over stuff they don't believe in. They don't believe in but it. But the thing is, though, humans have this, this craving to figure out, like, I'm going to make a team and I want you to have a team. We'll fight. Yeah. And, I, and I think it's across the board. You made a point. You said something earlier about 
people have this desire to have an enemy. Mm-hmm. Nothing unites a people more than having a common enemy. Yeah. You notice that? I mean, yeah. when was America unified, seriously unified? The last time was the, the days after 9-11. Yeah. Everybody came together and they were like, ah, because we had a common enemy. Mm-hmm. That's why, that's why, why we're right now, ourselves now yeah. you know, you look at the left. I mean, the left loves vilifying Donald Trump because it gives them a common enemy. It's something they can all they mm-hmm. can all come to. Um, we did the same thing with Barack Obama in many ways, Bill Clinton. And so it's what it is. We find ways to um, exacerbate and exploit our differences mm-hmm. in a big way. So I, I come back to my argument about the depravity of man. Our hearts are, you know, the Bible that you don't believe in says <laughs> that the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things, and who can know it? It's a pretty telling commentary on on the history of man and, and the things we've done to each other. So back to our question, what, how, does, how does it end? There's no question— in my opinion, this is the way I think it ends. Um, look at Party Foul. Party Foul and Jennings are looking at each other. Like, party Foul is just trying to decide whether or not to try to pronounce exacerbate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Right no, there, I, the funniest thing that's ever been said on this podcast. Party Foul I'm, wait, I'm waiting for him to say global warming. <laughs> Sweet Lord Jesus. Can I tell you what I think is going to happen? Yeah. I think we are the authors of our own demise, Mm -hmm. but I think it's going to be good. Here's why. Okay. I think that we're like, we're probably the last of maybe three generations before we engineer our own successor species. So I think we're going to get to the point where we're like, you know, like maybe we'll weed out that tribalism bit. We'll we'll, we'll give everybody uh, infrared vision and better orgasms and other things and like, and then they can live on the moon. And and like, you know, we'll just, we'll kind of. Sounds like Hitler. Well, I, I'm not planning on killing anybody. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm thinking what we'll, in we'll, the ever living? I think we'll 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 we'll, we'll, we'll create Homo sapiens 2.0, and you'll what? give it to your kid, and then that'll be it. Like you and I'll be like the last of the the, 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 the Homo sapiens. Se- Does anybody want to know why? Anybody want to know why I'm wearing tennis shoes today? Because my good boots got tired of walking through the bull <laughs> in this room. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's probably an element of truth to what you're saying, right? Ocasio-Cortez says we got 12 years left, whatever. She said she was kidding about all that, but anyway. (sighs) We probably are the authors of our own demise. We are. But let's face it, not not to be a nihilist or a pessimist, but at some point in time, you got to think that, like, is there going to be a mutually agreed destru- destruction where everybody pushes a button and the bombs go off? I, just uh, I hope don't, not. I'm worried I about that. Just don't think it is. I hope not. But I just don't think it is. Now, is is somebody going to end up with a briefcase nuke? Is somebody going to, or you know, suitcase? Where, nuke? Where the or, thing that scares me is like maybe a flock of geese will look like some nukes, and then the person pushes the button. <laughs> That's the thing that scares me. Well, let's oh no, keep that up. was ladybugs. Let's yeah, keep ladybugs. up. With that. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Yeah. Let's keep up with that radar technology, folks, and yeah. make sure that we can read. Really scan what we got. Wide. I'm but, more you know, worried about a face it. suitcase asteroid. <laughs> I heard, so I heard that, uh, thank, thank you Fox News, that there is a football field size asteroid that is that could possibly hit the Earth uh, in September. It's 14.2 million miles away from Earth, give or take. September, Steve. 
Yeah. Are you are you questioning the astronomical projections of Fox News? Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> they're, it's they're uh, crack astronomy. Too? It's like one in seventy thousand chance, or and I'm just making up statistics. <laughs> I know you are. All right. When it comes to numbers, Steve ain't spouting nothing off that's anywhere yeah. close. Can't to remember facts. all that stuff. That's like one of my favorite uh, Dennis Miller lines. Is he says, "Okay, so you want to talk about global warming? They say that we've increased by a, a percentage of a degree since 1919." He says, "Back in 1919, people were still." using the bathroom outside and wiping their ass with their hand. I don't think they had a stranglehold on Fahrenheit. (laughs) (laughs) That is genius right there. Anyway, somebody's going to eventually set off some kind of deal in some major city. Uh, That's why I'm moving in with Glenn Beck. (laughs) But that's why everybody, I mean, let me face it. Eventually, somebody's going to get their hands on the wrong thing, or, or not even that. I'm not even worried about nuclear. I used to worry about that. There's enough stuff at the CDC in Atlanta, Georgia, that if we cracked open one of those cases, we'd all be dead within a matter of seconds. I mean, it would just be boom. It would be airborne, done, gone, dead. There's there's some wicked, wicked stuff. There's some things in the rainforest in South America that if that stuff got loose, it, we'd be dead. It's a crazy thing. So. I believe that the earth rests in divine hands. I really do. I believe that uh, that history is his story, to use a cliche. But I do believe that there's divine there's a divine intervention, and I believe that there is a God who, who's not a theist. I'm not a theist in the sense that he wound it up like a clock and just let it run unto itself. I believe that. Um, you know, are, are we are we assured of some massive destruction? I don't think so. You know, how's the world end? Uh, I think it ends whenever the one that created it says it's going to end. That's that's how I come down. Well, that, why, why that worries me is if, if we're getting into policy stuff and we're talking about, you know, doomsday scenarios, whether it's environmental or something else. Right. I think there is a big a big portion of people that think we've got a we've got a bailout from a divine perspective that yeah. like we, we can't screw it up. And I'm like, you know, like if, if there is a God, there seems to be a pretty big margin of error. For, for people dying. <laughs> well, I, 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 I would rather not work on that. And, and so, like, if, if, like, you know, if it is climate change or something else, like, like I, I don't want to go in assuming that we get a mulligan. Okay, so to your point, I agree with you because I am not one of those guys that says, okay, I'm waiting on some eternal savior to come bail us out. You know, I, I, don't, I don't believe in that at all. Uh, I don't believe you can do business while trying to go out of business. And a lot of so-called Christians, that's exactly what they're doing is, oh, look at just everything. Jesus is coming back. No, I don't I don't believe that at all. I look at it and I say uh, the mentality has to be we occupy until. And by occupy, I mean that is we are having to be stewards of the things we're entrusted with. One of those things is the earth. One of those things is our families and our government and, our, and, and what we've been given. Um, even in that totally depraved, fallen state, if you will, to use a term from from my worldview at least, is we've got to we've got to do what we can to not only redeem ourselves but redeem that which is around us, which is our communities, the earth, our environment, all of these things. I'm not one of these anti. Uh, we we have to be good stewards of everything entrusted to us. So I don't think that you that you do business while trying to go out of business, and, and so I don't believe in the escape clause mentality mm-hmm. and theology. Nobody knows the time or the day or. Oh, shut up, Steve. Cheers. They talk about they just that. Just know it's the size of a football field. That's <laughs> I, I, I think they talk about that in Matthew about no man knows the 
the day nor yeah, the time. Yeah, I guess that is a weird thing. Stuff. Is like like, like in in, uh, in Revelations they talk about that, right? Where like like no one no one knows when this That's is going to happen. And, and the, or maybe it's Matthew, but it's Matthew. Now, and you can disagree yeah. with me, but Matthew twenty four, which you're referring yeah. to, is a reference to seventy A.D. and that was when the Romans came in and they took over Jerusalem and totally sacked the city. I know, I know, I know. People want to disagree with me, but. Well, this is where I can. I'm I right. think the me, earth me, will me, shake us off and, and start Jenny's over. Me and can weigh in with our Eastern Orthodox Jedi training. The yeah. the, uh, the 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 book of Revelations. They because uh, like the early the early uh, uh, fathers of the church thought that um, most of the stuff in Revelations had already happened. It was just a little bit, and they went. Uh, but there's just this like two chapters left though. Because yeah. it got in by the skin of its teeth when they canonized it, but there was like one it's bishop true. that was like, "Hey, like, well, yeah, this one thing hadn't happened." But I, but I, that is an odd thing because, like, in, in Matthew better, or whatever it is, where they're like, "No one knows the, the the appointed time." There's all these people. They're like, "Nope, it's happening on June 14th, yeah, yeah, no. 2004." And I'm like, you're, you're basing that on a book that told you you don't know when it is? That's yeah. a weird way to look at it. I can recommend books to everybody. I mean, you know, it, it, and everybody has a different opinion. And everybody has a convincing opinion. Me personally, I believe that it happened in 70 AD. I believe that it was the... the, the, the so <clears throat> let me put it to you this way. And, and there's, we'll, there's some numerology involving like Nero and other stuff too. There, like there about is that. And, and, and so that, I yeah. tend to be a little more of a um, amillennial, postmillennial, you know, in terms of eschatology. So... You so people at, people say, are we talking about the past? Are we talking about now? Are we talking about the future? And the answer is yes when it comes to things like Matthew 24 or, or the book of Revelations. I look at it and say, because again, I think we've talked about this before too. We think in terms of a linear timeline, like a time starts here, it ends here. So we're talking about our demise. That's not the way the Oriental mind worked. Yeah. So the, the writing of Revelation, they, they think of the event. You know, it's all circular. Mm-hmm. And so the answer is past, present, future. Yes, it's all of it. There, there are... Past fulfillments, there are present implications and there are few future predictions. So you look at that stuff because we don't think Oriental. And when I say Oriental, I'm not talking about the Far East. I'm talking about that Middle Eastern mindset of, of how they thought. No, there, there's, there's a much there's, there's an older yeah. cyclical mindset. Yeah. that used to be the thing was the idea was that we're we're in a we're in a loop, and you you see that like in Buddhism, for example, because in Buddhism. Um, there's, I think they're called, I can't, it's not tulpas, I can't remember the term, but basically like... You would know. The the universe, yeah, the universe, like... After they like, sprinkle that pink dust yeah, on they you. Hit, well, that was Hindu, but that still. That was Hindu. Yeah. I, but, you know, but, I, you know but, I don't care about any of them. But but uh, <laughs> they, they've got this idea that like there's there's this kind of lifespan for the universe, and then it dies and is reborn, and it happens again yeah. and again and again. And, uh, yeah. and, and like, and I think Steve like... Steve thinks I, like that. Yeah, I kind of have, like, I have some of those Steve's a redneck. Yeah. That's, uh, that believes well, in reincarnation. I don't know about reincarnation, but I just... I think like when this, I think the world shakes itself off ever so often and starts over. Yeah. I don't, and I say ever so often, I could mean a million years, but yeah. Well, the Bible says, the apostle Paul says that the, the creation groans longing for the, the revelation of the uh, sons of God, which talks about how Eden was cast into a curse and how creation, that's the earth is, is groaning, crying out, longing for its own redemption. And so as a Christian, you have to be stewards of the earth and, and things like that. So so to that degree, like, for instance, I'll get you I'll get I'll get real weird on you. You talked about good orgasms a little while ago. Let yeah. me let me let me talk about let's talk about good orgasms. So my personal belief should, should is Should I go get some Bibles for us first. Like, do we need to <laughs> now nah, we're good. I got it all right. here. We're going to reference. So, so <laughs> here's the thing. Me. I got it all right here. here. Here's the thing. Like I like personally, the, the, the book of Revelation talks about a new heaven and a new earth. OK. What's a new earth? 
it's that redemption process where everything gets shaken off. What gets shaken off is the curse. What was the curse? The curse wasn't, that, oh, I'm cursed because I got to work. No, work, work was before the fall. He gave him the Garden of Eden to tend. The curse was, now the earth's going to work against you. There's going to be roots in the soil. There's going to be toil and sweat of your brow. There's these things. And so, but, but work is actually part of paradise. Like, I think that we'll spend the rest of our life. Imagine being able to work without the toil, being able to create and to be able to, to build these things without the opposition that we think of work. Because when we think of work, we think, oh, God, not again. No, mm. but what if you could go out and totally create? Jennings could write and, and, and you know, and construct with imagination and creativity. And you could, you could do uh, your gay song Funny things. monologues, yeah. And so it's it so, is a gay imagine. bar. It is a gay bar. <laughs> it's a, of course it's a gay, gay bar. bar. Yeah. We all knew it was a gay bar, booty edge. And so anyway, <laughs> gay rights. <laughs> Kristen Gillibrand, gay rights. But, ima- <laughs> but imagine, but imagine you could do that. So, so I think like work is precursor. It's 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 part of our future and our destiny. There's a new heaven. There's a new earth. In that redemption process, like I think that we occupy the earth after you die. Once it's all said and done, and God says, "Okay, I'm done with the story. We're done. We have a new heaven. We have a new earth." What's heaven going to be like? It's going to be like exactly what you experience right here. Why go? To, we're not going to an alien land. You think? No, I, I mean, like, I'm, but I'm not, not fallen, yeah. not depraved, truly altruistic, truly humanitarian, truly loving, truly giving. And throughout the scripture, especially in the book of Revelation, it talks about the bridegroom who's getting his bride, and they're going to have the marriage supper of the Lamb. They're going to have this consummation of the marriage, which is the definition, both in Hebrew and the Greek, and even the Aramaic, it is the definition of the concept of worship, is a consummation. Worship is when, like I've got my friend, we'll see him this weekend, actually, he's a, he's a fantastic guy, unique person, he's coming to one of the shows this weekend. Um, he used to say all the time, the difference between praise and worship is my wife does stuff around the house all day long, and I praise her, I praise her, I praise her, and then after the... Sun goes down and we shut the door of the bedroom and we go to worship it. So, you know, that is <laughs> the difference in that. Worship. You brought it back to orgasms. Great. It is a sexual experience. Worship is a consummation experience. It is an adoration experience. I think heaven, I think after we die, I think that people who are redeemed, I think that you will spit. I think heaven, let me go ahead and shock you with it, and I can defend it biblically. Heaven is one big orgasm. That sounds great. I hope that's the case. I hope that's the case, and I'm okay to join. I hope you don't miss it. Yeah, I was about to say, like, <laughs> I hope I hope hell's not whatever the opposite of an orgasm is. I think that's my life on a bigger basis. I really hope that's not the game of D and D. Yeah, it's, it's not me playing D and D with the other nerds. I can lead more people to Jesus with this plan of salvation. Forget the Roman road. I'm going to give you the Revelation road. We're going to talk about the eternal orgasm. I have pissed so many religious people off over the years with this thing. But I'm telling you, if it is a bride and her bridegroom, well, that makes sense. Plus, plus and they're going to worship for eternity. That is, and if okay, let's talk about this. A symbol of the covenant is a circle. That's why. That's why I wear this wedding ring. It's a symbol of a covenant. It's a circle. We just talked about cyclical time, right? Okay, circumcision was a sign of the covenant. 
for the Jewish people. It was a circular cut around the penis. Why? So that the seed would pass through that symbol of the covenant into the woman's body, and they would have a child of the covenant. So that when that child was born, they would then circumcise that child as well, the male child, and then the covenant would be continued. It's a symbol of that. So so when you look at things like that, this covenant thing, history is all about sex. Yeah. From God. <laughs> I agree with that, man. Why, why is it so sacred? Why is sex such a sacred thing? Because God ordained it to be that way. He ordained it to be because it is it is a symbol of intimacy designed between a man and a woman, and it should be a representation of covenant experience. That's that's what marriage is. We have no concept as as Westerners of the concept of covenant. So that's why I say whenever Jesus cut a covenant in his blood on the cross, what he did, because, again, remember, a circumcision is a shedding of blood. When Jesus shed blood, it was a sign that here I am creating a whole group of people, redeemed group of people who are children of the covenant, creating the, these children. There's so many things I can respond with this. I'm sure. Okay. Uh, first of all, like just out of curiosity, like circumcision, good thing? Uh I I I think that uh, yes and no because I like I I look at it from my from my vantage point as the the aforementioned you know atheist secular guy like I like it's just genital mutilation like I don't think you should do it like it's like it's isn't it cra- I lost three pounds isn't it crazy what <laughs> I don't know what it was like before so well, I have no opinion apparently you and I both had more nerve endings and like, like I'd, I'd prefer to keep I don't them, need so like I'm kind of like I'm I'm against it in general uh, and then. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then then nah, I can't remember what the other thing I said I was going to talk about. Oh well, yeah. was, I that's, just that's, that's nerve, nerve, nerve endings. Yeah, yeah, right was, there. I've done pretty well up till here at the end. Mm. Uh, I, I now want to hear Elton John's earlier draft but, but the of the issue, song called "The Circumcision of Life." The, but the, but the, <laughs> <laughs> the issue there was it was a sacrifice. Circumcision was a sacrifice. It was a sign of the covenant. Something had skin had to be shed, blood had to be shed, and there had to be something given. Well, I, I remember what I was going to ask it you about. It was a sign of the covenant. Um, a, a second ago, you said you know God ordained between a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. This isn't a loaded question, but I'm curious. Like, what do you think about gay people? Like, how did that? How does that factor in? Well, I I don't believe that it's any more of God's design than it is than you take for granted the covenant. Or the the sanctity of a sexual relationship between heterosexual people. So what I mean by that is, okay, I'm not going to sit around and judge a homosexual relationship when I can look at any other heterosexual relationship and say, well, you're violating what God said, just like anybody else is. Yeah, but no, no. But I mean, like, I guess the the, the question I have is, why is it there? If if God exists and He's ordained it. Why would people have an impulse to have same-sex relations? Like, why? Why, why would, would why? people have an impulse to murder somebody? Well, because I mean, they, they want they, stuff. Like, but there's, there's clearly some kind of goal there, right? But like, yeah. why? Why would it? Unless it served some productive end for you, or it was part of the divine plan, why would it be built in? Yeah, because because ultimately we have twisted the design. We've twisted the design. We 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 just like I was talking about the earth that was supposed to yield its fruit without toil and the sweat of the brow. We twisted the design. Now there's there's roots in the ground. It's going to the earth. The scripture says the earth is going to resist you. So you know when you look at things like this and you're like why why why? Well, we all have our why. There's why would I do this? Why would I go out? Why would I do something so self destructive? 
And and you have people who are going to argue with that and say, well, that's not – I don't feel self-destructive. Yeah, but are you? Are you? I mean, like, can I ask, though? Like, do you think are you? Like, I mean, homosexuality okay, okay. is self-destructive? Well, uh, well, what is HIV? What is AIDS? Yeah, but why I, mean, is this, I, but why I is could get this, it, too, though. Can you? Yeah. No, you can't. Not unless you have homosexual sex. Or, what? Are, are you having se- – if you're going to have – okay, I'm talking about statistically. I'm not saying it's impossible. You go out and have sex with a lot of drug users that have shared needles and get it. We've all seen Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah. Great, great film. <laughs> but by, it is a great film. And by and large, and I say all this without any judgment whatsoever, but by and large, the people who wind up with HIV or AIDS, and all you got to do is ride down Sunset Boulevard in West Hollywood, and you'll see the billboards, are gay men. That doesn't mean I love them any less or care about them any less, but it is penis to anal sex that is creating the propagation of HIV and AIDS. That is statistically a fact. He, well, it's statistically more likely, I now, guess. Now, but we you might can, not like it. Get it. Like, oh, I, you I can could. get it. But statistically, the ones who get it are gay men who are having intercourse. So is there a destructive element to that? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to say that I think there's there's a, a higher probability you're going to get it if you're in certain select groups, but you can get it as a straight person, too. Well, you can, but statistically, you're not going to. All right. <laughs> Statistically, you're at higher odds if you're a gay man. Well, uh, here's, 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 lesbians aren't here, getting AIDS. So here's, here's what I'm going to pause because I like you're, you're but seriously. But I'm, like, no, no, no. Look, look, look. And again, I'm saying this with no judgment and nothing but love in my heart. Lesbians don't get AIDS. Statistically not. speaking, they don't. Here, gay men do. Here, here's what I'll say. I, I, I don't. I've never seen you. Um, uh, have any animosity towards any group? I don't Not think a single animosity person on the heart. planet. Um, I don't think that there's anything wrong with with any of these sexual proclivities. I, I, I think there's probably a genetic component we don't know about, and that it's not ordained by any particular divine plan. You know, this week John Hopkins came out with a research study that said it is not. Not what? It's not. There's no gay gene. There's no DNA. There's nothing like that to say I'm born that way or whatever. What do they think it is? Well, they think that ultimately it is a conditioned response really? and a desire that people are wanting to have sex a certain way. But I got a lot I got a lot of people I love, work with, family, friends, all these folks. Look, and they are thoroughly convinced that they were born gay. I don't care. I and I don't condemn you. I'm not condemning you. I I don't care. But it is so ingrained with who they are, they're convinced that that's how they were created. That's that's how they were born. Okay, fine. Who cares? Now, back to your original question, my thing is, okay, so why do people have these tendencies and these proclivities to do them? And I'm like, well, why do people have tendencies and proclivities to do anything? Steve, Steve likes to have threesomes. Is that right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, if I could have one conversation with Steve without ever bringing up a threesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's where he lives in his world. Is it right? Okay, well, in Steve's world, maybe it is. His wife ever finds out about it, he's going to change his mind. <laughs> yeah, they're just... All so, the time. So, no, I don't – look, again, I go back to this thing because people hear homophobia or condemnation. I'm not condemning anybody. I'm not condemning anybody. I'm a libertarian in the regards that I don't think that I can tell anybody what to do with their life as long as you're not hurting somebody else. I'm not well, going to do I'll, that. I'll add to that. I think that if if I were to bring anybody from, from New York or any of my prior experiences to come hang out, like like this is something I've talked to James about. Like if, if you and I were to go hang out at a bar and I were to bring some of my friends from Marie's Crisis or somewhere else yeah. and people gave me – I think you'd you'd fight him with a pool cue. 
Like, oh I, yeah, hundred percent. I, I, I think that no you question would, about you it. Would, you would, you know, be helping whoever was getting. Oh, uh, no question about it. Them. I mean, if you it, it, look, if, if if I see, let's say, a gay man who's getting beaten up by a bunch of rednecks on a street in you know Birmingham, Alabama, I'm going to be the first one in the fray to kick their ass. I'm going to I'm going to go down with them. You know what I mean? Um, I it just is what it is. So so again, I I don't say this, I but. That's the way we are on the show, and that's the way I'll always be in my life. I'm going to tell you what I really, really think about these things. Yeah, you got Phil Robertson. Phil Robertson caught all kind of crap over, you know, just reading the scripture about gays and, and, and the homosexuality and things like that. And they're like, oh my God, he's a homo. Like, Look, this is what it says. If you're a person of faith, if you're a Christian, if you're a Bible believing Christian, whatever your view is towards, you know, that, that science of interpretation or, or divine inspiration it's what it says but it also says that about heterosexual sex it also says that about covetousness apostle paul says in first corinthians i think it's seven where he where first of all in in what's it six where he says that my even my righteous deeds are like filthy rags which is a a, a, a greek reference to a menstrual rag so he said, even my righteousness is like a menstrual rag. It's like a Which is probably not a good thing in, not I'm guessing, thing. in ancient especially, Hebrew or ancient Greek. The first I don't think they like that, yeah. So, but then he goes on to say, you know, hey, if I have the sin of covetousness, why do he pick covetousness? That's, a, that's a, one of the Ten Commandments. But it's the main one that's an internal sin. Nobody can see if I'm coveting that, that waistcoat right there. No one can see that. No one in this room can tell if I'm coveting something you have. But you are. It's a secret. I... In my dreams, it frequents my dreams. But he says, I'm going to pick, he picked the most internal, quote, sin, because adultery, people can see that. Murder, people can see that. Uh, stealing, people can see that. They can't see covetousness. Idolatry, people can see that. Taking the God's name in vain, they can see that. They can hear that. Covetousness, he said, I have secret sins. I have things that are inside of me. But he says, hey, look. God's dealt with that in me. So I'm not saying you have this sin and I disagree with that sin and you should change it. No, I'm saying we all do. And to selectively pull out things like homosexuality and say, okay, I'm opposed to that. Therefore, I'm opposed to these people. Could, nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing at all. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from on that deal. I think I think that's where we become self-destructive. I think the ultimate place of our demise is when we turn away from the truth and we're dead before physical death ever happens to us. And I, and I think that's what we're coming to. That's what happens. Our demise is already well underway because it doesn't matter when your heart stops beating if you stop living life before it's over. You know, that's the thing that bugs me. Hmm. That worries me. And when you sit around condemning each other and labeling each other, it does, those are the things that just mess with me. So... That's how I think the world comes to an end. We just get to a point where we go. <laughs> well, Sorry, I'm, it's party time, Mom. I hope we don't reach that point. I hope we don't. Yeah. Either. I hope we're all living on that moon base. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We got to go. We're in an hour. I love you. I'm heating. I love you. Go follow uh, him. Chad, it's been fun to hang out with you, man. Always. I've fun. enjoyed this. At Mighty Heat and Instagram, Twitter. Follow him on Facebook and all those great places. The show is called. Something's off with Andrew Heaton. And let me tell you, it's something off. Really, something is off. I love you, buddy. I love you too, man. It's hard for you to say it, isn't it? It's hard.
Yeah. Not for me. Quarter of a bottle in, yeah. Yeah. No, it's fun. Uh, I, I I enjoy the, these are these are great fun conversations. We, we were talking earlier that, it, that it's like uh, it's like you know being at happy hour or something. And it is, but like you know like like I, I enjoy hanging out with you. It's been fun hanging too. out with you talking to you. All right, we're getting out of here. Eaton, let's go to dinner. Let's go to dinner. Let's go to dinner. Yeah, I love y'all. God bless. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.